This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Monday the 12th of December. In your squiz today, the Aussie Parliament's recalled, another telco has a breach, a historic terror suspect arrested, and the underfrogs taking on T-Swift. This is your squiz today. We touched on this on Friday, Siobhan, and the government's plans have now been announced. Low-income Aussies such as pensioners and job seeker recipients will get temporary discounts on their power bills from April next year. It's part of a deal struck between the federal and state governments to reduce the sting of rising electricity costs. Yeah, so leaders hashed out the details during the delayed National Cabinet meeting on Friday, where it was decided that instead of cash handouts, there will be a $1.5 billion rebate package funded by the feds and administered by the states. And that's because leaders are keen to prevent further inflation to the economy. And it's intended that the plan will leave those households $230 better off next year. Yeah, but power prices will still be high. Treasury modelling, which was released back in October, shows we're expecting a 56% hike across this financial year and the next one. But the government's also hashed out a plan to cap coal and gas prices. Federal and state parliaments will be recalled this week to pass the laws needed to do that. Yeah, so on Thursday, the plan is to pass laws imposing a cap on gas at $12 a gigajoule, while the New South Wales and Queensland parliaments will also meet, as you say, this week to legislate for the caps on coal at $125 per tonne. Now, for context, for coal, that's down from record prices of more than $300 a tonne that it's been fetching this year. But that could be foiled by the Greens, who say they won't support caps if it means the fossil fuel industry receives compensation. Meanwhile, in the longer term, leaders are banking on their plan they agreed last week to speed up Oz's uptake of renewable energy. But again, not everybody is on board. Coalition leader Peter Dutton says instead of price caps, the government should facilitate more gas supply into the market to meet demand. Also on the political agenda this week is a bipartisan tour of the Pacific. Foreign Minister Penny Wong will lead delegates in meeting with leaders from Vanuatu, the Federated States of Micronesia and Palau. They're hoping to bolster our relationship with those countries as China's influence in the region grows. Notably, though, they won't be visiting Fiji. It's prepping for its election on Wednesday. New week, new data breach, Siobhan. But in this case, it was done by the company itself. Australia's biggest telco, Telstra, says it has published the names, addresses and phone numbers of 130,000 of its customers. Yeah, it's a bit awkward to say the least, Alice, Mm -hmm. but uh, Telstra has apologised for the mistake, which it has blamed on a misalignment of databases. And that led to people who'd specifically asked to be unlisted suddenly finding their personal information available via directory assistance or the white pages. 
Now, the company's financial boss, Michael Ackland, says affected customers will be contacted and offered free identity theft protection. And he acknowledged that it was an unacceptable breach of their trust. Yeah, this incident follows the Optus hack back in September, which saw the private details of 9.8 million customers exposed, as well as the Medibank hack. And given all of these leaks, the government's still considering whether it will legislate tougher laws for companies who are handling customers' sensitive information. Siobhan, a Libyan man who's accused of making the bomb that destroyed a commercial plane flying over Scotland in 1988, which was Britain's deadliest ever terror attack, has been taken into custody. Yeah, so just to take you back a bit, Alice, the flight we're talking about is Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie in Scotland, which, as you say, crashed after a bomb went off, killing all 259 people on board the Boeing 747, which was en route to the US. And 11 others also died when the wreckage landed on their homes. Now, Scottish prosecutors have released a statement saying the victims' families have been informed that alleged attacker Abu Ajela Masur is in custody in the US and that's been confirmed by the US Justice Department. This is a really big moment in the investigation which has been running for over three decades because only one other person has ever been convicted over the attack. Yeah, and the US announced charges against Masood two years ago. And last month it was reported that he'd been kidnapped by a militia group in Libya. And that led to speculation that he was going to be handed over to American authorities to stand trial. COVID could be a guest in more households over the festive period than experts first predicted, Siobhan. Omicron infections and hospitalizations have risen over the past few weeks, and experts say that's down to the lifting of pretty much all restrictions, as well as our waning immunity. Yes, the fourth COVID wave has really taken hold. And as you say, it comes as nearly a quarter of Aussies haven't had a third dose. And the majority of those eligible for a fourth COVID jab simply haven't taken it up. Now, as a result, the number of people needing urgent medical care is expected to continue to rise and peak on or around the 25th of December. And over the last week alone, nearly 109,000 Aussies tested positive. And experts also reckon the real figure could be about five to ten times higher than that, as testing and reporting has really fallen by the wayside. They say the real figure could be as many as 1 million Aussies currently infected. So if you're at a loss for last-minute Chrissy gift ideas, a rat test could be the way to go this year. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. 
Taylor Swift is currently in competition with some unlikely rivals, Siobhan. An album of frog noises has jumped into third spot on the Aria music charts, just behind Swift and Paul Kelly. Jumped. I like what you did there, Alice. (laughs) Yes, so the album's called Australian Frog Calls, Songs of Disappearance, and it features the calls of 58 species, including many that are endangered or extinct. Now, if this is ringing some bells, it's because it was created by the same team of academics, musos and concerts conservationists who pulled together an album of Aussie bird songs that flew into the top five last year. And the album's producer, Anthony Albrecht, says that they set out to do something even more outlandish this year, and the team's proud of the underfrogs, as they like to say. (laughs) And these underfrogs are not done yet. Albrecht reckons they could still make number one. Swifties are probably hopping mad about that suggestion, though. American rapper P. Diddy's announced the name of his seventh child. Siobhan, you, shall we say, love this one. Oh, Alice, the man with a thousand names who's been known as Puff Daddy, Diddy, Puffy, etc., but whose real name is Sean Love Combs, has decided his new daughter should be a chip off the old block. So he's called her, wait for it, Love Sean Combs. <laughs> very, very original of him. <laughs> yes, it is. But don't worry, he'll probably change it before her first birthday. Maybe she could become Diddy P. <laughs> Squeeze the day, Siobhan. It's gingerbread house day today. I didn't realise this was a thing, but obviously it's a sign for me to make one. Are you into gingerbread or do you prefer a different Christmas biscuit? I love many a Christmas biscuit, Alice, as you well know, because <laughs> both my cats are named after them. But I have also made and eaten a few gingerbread houses in my time. But I can never make it as good as the ones you get from the Christmas markets, like actually in Germany. But I just think they're so much fun to look at. Oh, they're beautiful, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, really good. And that wraps us up today. We hope you have a great Monday. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.